hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to another broadcast of a plush production of Live and Span Apartment. Tonight we have Sarah Jane with Apartment Project. Say hello, Sarah. Hey. How is everybody? It's good to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you no know, problem. we got to have some people that got to know what they're doing, and we just blessed to have you, especially with all your resources and your knowledge and your expertise, especially with what you do with your personal uh in your personal profession, so it's an honor to have you here on this platform. Um, Brother Kyle, where you at? Where you at? I'm here. I'm here, sis. I'm here, sis. Peace, love, unity, and success to the multitudes. Well, of course, I'm your girl, Coco. Um, we are having uh, m- our brother, Michael Davis, is not here, our host of the show. Um, we're really worried about him. Keep him in your prayers. Um, we'll let you know and keep you updated on that as well, but he's not going to be able to join us. Maybe he can later on. Um, but as far as a regular broadcast, we got to go on. The show must go on, right? So um, I know I normally say the prayer. Brother Kyle, will you bless us in? Or Miss Sarah, would you like to pray? Uh, bless us in? Either one. All right, Sarah, will you go ahead and say the prayer before we can start this off? Sure, sure. I can do that. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, dear dear Heavenly Father, God, uh, higher power of our understanding, be with us tonight during the show. Be with every brother and sister on the inside and every brother and sister fighting on the outside. May we open our hearts, our minds, and and speak truth in your in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, sis. We appreciate that. Um, tonight we have a very, very um, intense but very informational and educational um, uh, topic. It's about mental illnesses. It's about resources within the facility and outside the facility whenever people get reentered into society. Um, Sister, uh, Sister Sarah, she's going to be touching base with that on her expertise on that platform where she stands. Uh, Brother Kyle, he's going to come in. He's going to... Uh, He's going to talk about and head this up. Um, I'll go in between. Um, Sarah, uh, Kyle, do you have any updates that you want to implement at this time, or do you want to uh, um, catch that on in a later date? Oh, yeah, just just come back to me later, uh, on. later on. I bet. Sarah, um, however way you want to start this off, you guys, this is, like I said, it's a very intense, but it's educational, and it's resources that we need, and my girl got it. I'm going to turn the floor over to you, Miss Sarah Jane, with the Parchment Project. Thank you again. Um, let's get it, you guys. All right, all right. I, I just want to say thanks again for having me tonight. Um, last week's show really kind of had me thinking about, you know, the topic for tonight, so I'm glad you guys were, you know, all on board with us. Um, I, again, I am the founder and president of the Parchment Project, advocating providing guidance for individuals that are incarcerated and their loved ones uh, really kind of started uh, back in 2019 uh, where I helped a brother on the inside he was looking to do an interstate compact he actually had a traumatic brain injury and uh, his family was all in Colorado well you know unfortunately M. Doc kind of dropped the ball on that one and uh, that, and we, we kind of picked it up and, and got him back to Colorado, and that's where, you know, this vision all started. 
Um, I also want to send a shout out to uh, Sinetra Freeman of the Mississippi Center of Reentry. Uh, she just asked me to be an advisory member with them. And they're out of DeSoto, Tunica, Marshall, and Tate counties. Um, also, I am a dual diagnosis, like Coco was saying, my professional life, uh, I guess you could call it. I'm a dual diagnosis therapist with Pine Belt Mental Health. I'm down here in Gulfport. Um, and and I've been collaborating with Ms. Freeman to, you know, help provide some services. Not only, you know, is she, she covering the north part of Mississippi, but, you know, we're, we're trying to cover the south the coast, you know, up to Hattiesburg and, um, you know, in, in that direction. But, um, so yeah, tonight's topic, um, mental health with incarcerated. Um, it, it, it's really kind of a hot topic. It, it's really kind of... Uh, Sorry about that, you guys. I have a chihuahua that thinks she's a rabbit right now. My bad. I think she needs okay. mental help. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the chihuahua needs some mental counseling. <laughs> my chihuahua needs mental counseling as well, so maybe we can prepare for these therapeutic services over to this. I have a dog myself, and her mom is an Australian Shepherd, and her dad is a Chihuahua, so I don't know how that happened, but, yeah, I, I feel your pain, girl, on that one. <laughs> a chihuahua. Yes. Okay, we're going to get started with the comedy for tonight, you guys. We're going to get someone serious. You know what I mean? No telling what I'm going to do. So, you're good. You're good. We all need to laugh, too. Um, so, I, I pulled up some... I pulled up some statistics that I kind of wanted to share first. A lot of this came from NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and the criminal justice system. So 2 million times each year, people with serious mental illness are booked into jails. That's 2 million times each year. That's, that's not 2 million people, but that's 2 million times. Um, and 1.2 million incarcerated have a serious mental illness. Uh, that's, you know, like, this says two in five people that are incarcerated have a history of mental illness. Uh, that's, you know, 37% in the state and federal system and 44 in local jails. 66 women, there's, a, there's one for you, Coco. 66% of women in prison reported having a history of mental illness, almost twice the percentage of men. And I, I don't know how much I believe of that. I just think that it's possibly not, it's underreported for the men. Um, you know, us women do, we, we tend to um, be able to be, you know, a little bit more outspoken about, you know, what's going on where, where men have always been told they, they need to stifle it. Um, Suicide is the leading cause of death for people in local jails. And we all know the history of, of Mississippi. Uh, there's quite a, quite, a bit that, quite a bit of suicides out of Mississippi. Um, yeah, you know, I've, and it I've, yeah. I apologize. Or, yeah, I've, from, from just 
experience being within these walls and things of that nature, there's a, there's a fairly high suicide rate within these walls. High, higher than anyone would actually think, though. And the, yeah, the, the mental health mental health plays a major effect in that as well, psychological. Absolutely, and and we all know, you know, I had actually in my research found, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I printed it out, but um, Deputy Commissioner Mallet, I think it was in uh, 2020, right around the time of the riots, actually. Uh, there was a suicide and he went in saying that, that it wasn't, um, you know, and, and, you know, during the riots, there was actually, you know, quite a few suicides that, that occurred at, during those times. Um, you know, and, and they definitely, they, they definitely try to underreport it. Again, they, they try to, uh, you know, like last week with the, um, the guy who they, the nurse, apparently have written it down as a suicide, um, but it was heat exposure. I mean, we all know <laughs> that we don't need, we don't need to talk about that anymore, but yeah. So, um, another interesting fact here is states with less access to mental health care have more adults who are in the criminal justice system. Six out, out of 10 states with least access have, highest rates of incarceration. Guess what state's in there? I'll give you one guess. What 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 state is definitely part of that with the uh highest uh, mental health incarceration. I would I would definitely have to guess Mississippi on that. <laughs> ding ding ding. <laughs> you are right. Actually Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Texas, Georgia and Florida. So what the heck's going on down down here in the south, huh? Oh, for real, what's what's really going on? And then on top of that, a lot of a lot of these officials and stuff, they they really want to cover up the suicides. Yes. They yes, they, they really do. do. Like we had we had that one brother down in Parchment that the uh, staffer saying he hung himself and he didn't, but we we really know what's going on. Mhm. Yeah, and and you know how many how many natural causes natural cause deaths possibly could have been suicides. I mean, you know we it, we already know that they they you know definitely underreport deaths in the first place. But um, but yeah, I mean right. suicide. And if you're in solitary confinement, you know that that just increases that much more. And you know we. We know what twenty nine is like, you know. I mean, that's. I I don't really know. Are there other facilities that um you know kind of have like a solitary confinement area? Uh, yeah, there's all uh, there's MSP, there's uh Wilkinson County, um uh EMCF, and I believe Marshall County. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, in my experience, being in, I was in 29. It was I just I did not did not like it there. It was horrible. Mhm. So what what happened to you in there? Oh, uh, 
like when when I tried to I tried to go to medical, I tried to go get, and get a tooth pulled. I try I, I was trying trying to get you know trying to go get mental really just trying to get out so I could go and try and get some medication to help with depression. And they mm-hmm. just, they wasn't even going. Like, whenever I'd go down to medical, I'd be like, look, I need to talk to somebody. Woo, woo, woo. They, they'd just send me back to my zone and, and put me back in my cell. They, right. they, don't, they don't care about you. They do not care about you. Right. Uh, and, and the thing is, 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 you know, there's a real easy fix to that. Um, you know, some of these medications that are out here to help with depression and anxiety, uh, First of all, they're really not that expensive of medications to prescribe. But, you know, second of all, there's a lot of success rates with it. And obviously, you know, medication alone is not going to fix anything. Um, You know, and and there's not a whole lot of therapy going on inside there, is there? (laughs) No, there's not. Uh, Where where I'm at though, they uh, every thirty days and every three months they do uh, a, a checkup for uh, for for guys that are on that take medication and stuff. Like um, a couple weeks ago, I went and seen uh, the uh, psychiatric doctor, and he asked questions like, "Have I been having suicidal stuff and things like that?" Where I'm at, they 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 seem to you know somewhat show a little bit of of of. of Caring and 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 heart, but in a lot of other places, they they don't care one bit. That that that's really awesome to hear, though. That you know they're they're trying to step it up a little bit, you know. And and that's, uh, you know, I I was talking to Coco about it a little bit earlier, but um, I found some information that that really kind of started in 2018. Um, with the uh, Commissioner um, Fisher there. Is that, um, that... That's who I'm talking about, right? Uh, right. Who, who was it before? Um, oh, was it Felicia Hall? Who was it before him? It was... Um, Marshall, it was yeah, Marshall Fisher, yes. Yeah. Um, it looks like he started trying to do some things, um, but it, it stopped. It, it kind of stopped there. Um, there's actually so there's one one thing that um, I sat in on a call with Miss Freeman from you know Mississippi Center of Reentry and uh, somebody. It was a MDoc employee. And they were actually trying to set up reentry uh, reentry services from you know from the point of actually months before release and right. um, reentry services that will help get people connected with the resources on the outside. And they had given me a name of a doctor to contact. And I, like I said, the more I looked into this, that is going on up in the north part of Mississippi. But there was a bid opened back in 2018 looking for um, community mental health providers uh, for, the, for the southern part of Mississippi. And nothing has happened since then. So they opened up the bid, and it's just been open. So 
like I said, that was back in 2018. They they just kind of dropped the ball again on that one. But um, yeah. So there's some some real interesting things that I mean. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, there is a lot of resources available for uh, people upon re you know reentering into society. Like um, there's a lot of grants available for people that are incarcerated and and you know like I said reentering. There's grants available for them to get into these community mental health um, centers to start some kind of therapy on the outside, whether you have, you know, access to any kind of insurance, you know, Medicaid, Medicare. Um, So these are, you know, these grants provide free services for people but it's a matter of like getting it getting it started like when you know pre-release making sure that there is you know people that are are helping the process helping somebody through the process and um following up with you know care on the outside but there's a lot of um and there's actually a lot of very serious diagnoses uh, associated with mental health substance use for people that are incarcerated. Um, one of the biggest things is, is the post-incarceration syndrome. Um, right. And that that is, is like the PTSD, the depression, anxiety. Um, right, right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you speak that because, like, I've noticed the the closer I get to my date, the more anxious I become, and 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 mm-hmm. and things like that. And then uh, uh, a reality kicks in that as a convicted felon, it's going to be disabling for me mentally because whenever I go fill out a job application, I have to mark down that I'm a convicted felon. And it's really mm-hmm. harder for a convicted felon finding a job just because of that one mark that's on our name. And it affects us mentally. It makes us depressed because we can't find jobs of that nature and things like that. So in turn, we we go back to what we what we knew before, a life of crime. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting that you brought up, brought up that topic because I did have information, um, you know, it, Anybody who has spent a significant amount of time incarcerated, really, there there are diagnoses that, um, you know, it, nobody wants to put a label on you. I mean, you, they're already labeling you enough, but at the same time, uh, these, you know, there's diagnoses that will help somebody actually um, get approved for disability. And this process for disability can actually start while somebody is still incarcerated. Um, and, and somebody like you who, who is actually, you know, has a bit of a paper trail with talking to a psychiatrist inside, you know, that, that really kind of would help push that agenda even more. Um, and like I said, I actually have there. Um, I found it today. 
I don't know what I did with it. <laughs> I wrote it down. But uh, as far as like the process for disability, oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah, the application can be filed while incarcerated. Notify someone at the facility that you want to start the Social Security or SSI benefit process. And if the institution has a pre-release agreement with the local Social Security office, they are to notify the office and Social Security office will get applications to you several months before yeah. anticipated yeah. release. So there yeah. is, you know, and, 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 and that anxiety, the PTSD, the anxiety, those are all diagnoses that, um, you know, help, help get somebody approved. They're, because it, the thing is, is the social functioning. I mean, you know, you guys are so used to um, being in survival mode that, that once you get out, um, you know, paranoia is, is it, it's common. You know, you're, you don't know what, what's about to happen, and, and you might be in a safer place out, out here, I don't know these days anymore, but um, but you're still going you're you're still going to be in survival mode because that is all that you've known. Um, Absolutely right, and like I've I've over time of being locked up, I've I've noticed in some of the things that I do just by being in the environment, being around you know violent people and stuff like that, I've caught myself just. Noticing that I'll sit with my back to a wall, or I'll I'll stand mm-hmm. in a corner somewhere, or I'll go somewhere where there's not too many people, just so I can watch everybody else that's around me. Right, right. And how do you do that? Like, if you if if you were to you know if you were to get hired at a factory, um, you know I know down here the the shipyard hires. Um, felons and and that's awesome you know there are some opportunities down here on the coast but i mean how do you how do you work in a factory though when when you have that much going on you know when you have to have your back against the wall to to know that you're safe and and uh i mean that that is all part of of you know the the social issues that that you have right because uh, because it it, it it incarceration makes you a, a like being being in a cell mainly ma- makes you become a very antisocial being mm-hmm. you know and and like i've i socialize with a few few guys that i'm i'm in a close circle with but outside of that i i, I really don't I, I i have a few people i'll just you know make i'll make a small chat too but other than that i'll, I'll walk upstairs or somewhere just just to get away from everybody or i'll go sit in a corner somewhere right right so so you know what kind of a job is there um where you can be away from people you know uh, it, the options are are unfortunately very limited um, right, but at the same time, you know, so to speak, as as functioning as normal functioning citizens of society should be, we really, I just look at it like this, and as bold as I could say it, we really just have to man up and just make ourselves deal with the situations, you know. 
that that is the you know that that is the common thought um you know to man up and deal with the situation you know but but what if you know the, at the same time it's man up and go get yourself in with a therapist right and, and it's not, it's going it's not going to be too quick for for especially a man to 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 own up and be like I need to go get some help. I need some. I need to go get some mental help because I can't. I just can't deal with this. Right. And and that is so true. And that's why you know, like I said, um, you know, that statistic at the beginning where sixty six percent of women report having history of mental illness, but you know, you're talking thirty 